the world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor. Be here or be nowhere. The Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. Uh-oh is right. I was worried today when President Trump went to Washington, D.C., for the first time since he left as president a year and a half ago, a little bit more, I thought he was signaling that he wasn't running for president. What do you make of this? Starting with our new majorities in Congress next year and continuing under the next Republican president, we need an all-out effort. The next Republican president, as if it were someone else. Everyone's watching his words very, very carefully. Um... I was relieved just a little bit later. You know, I'm rooting for this guy. They want to damage you in any form, but they really want to damage me so I can no longer go back to work for you. And I don't think that's going to happen. All right. Speaking at the American First Policy Institute, his new group, a lot of Trump officials there. It's a nonprofit pushing the America First agenda. His speech, again, the first one in D.C. since he was president, common sense. This kind of message, I believe, based on where we are right now as a country, I know it sounds crazy, but I think he could win like 45, 46, 49 states. Um, Common sense stuff. And also, He has his finger on the pulse. This guy is not cut off. He knows everything that's going on. He's talking about what people are talking about. Another 60 people were shot. Think of this. It's not even possible. Were shot in Chicago over the weekend. We've all heard the story of the bodega worker on the night shift in New York who was violently assaulted. Violent. It was on camera, on tape, three different directions by a man attempting to steal a bag of potato chips. In Philadelphia last month, a 73-year-old man was walking along the street when he was approached by a band of seven teenagers who attacked him for sport and beat him to death. A pregnant woman murdered outside her home as she unloaded the gifts from her baby shower. A young girl struck in the head with a bullet while driving her family on her 12th birthday. A 61-year-old woman burglarized, raped, murdered, and set on fire in her home. 
I know it's grim to listen to, but all of those incidents, I remember when they happened. He has his finger on the pulse, and that is important for anybody who wants to lead. And he pointed out something that very few do. Who's in charge of these cities where all this stuff is happening? I don't want to make this partisan, but every city, every single city is run by Democrats. Every single city where it's in trouble, like the kind of trouble we're talking, it's run by Democrats and the crazy policies that they put forth. And they can't believe them. And certainly after all of this time with the bad results, you would say, gee, it's time to make a change. But I really believe even a majority of the Democrats would say, because they don't want to be brutalized, a majority of Democrat voters would say exactly what I'm saying is right. This is what I mean about him possibly coming back and coming back with a lot of Democrat support. He is he's leading. Joe Biden is not. Also, who's going to argue with this other than Democrats? Listen. Federal, state and local government should aggressively enforce existing statutes to stop the perverted sexualization of minor children. Total common sense. Totally. But there are Democrat politicians who will not draw that line. So today it was like a a Trump rally, except in the middle of the day, in the middle of Washington, D.C. What was Joe Biden up to? What has he been up to? He's getting over covid, right? COVID and speaking in a way that is downright scary, over the top and in no way unifying. The Capitol Police, the D.C. Metropolitan Police, other law enforcement agencies were attacked and assaulted before our very eyes, speared, sprayed, stomped on, brutalized, and lives were lost. And for three hours, the defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officer subject to the medieval hell for three hours. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-cop. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-democracy. You can't be pro-insurrection and pro-American. Hyping January 6th again. Look, it wasn't an insurrection, but what he wants to do, because they all accuse Trump of being an insurrectionist, if you support Trump, then you're an insurrectionist, then you can't be for America. You see what they're doing? And by the way, notice anything with his eyes? I want to show you this clip again, and we're going to zoom in on his eyes, and I'm going to keep time. The normal human being blinks 15 to 20 times a minute. Let's see how many times Joe blinks. The D.C. Metropolitan Police, other law enforcement agencies were attacked and assaulted before our very eyes, speared, sprayed, stomped on, brutalized, and lives were lost. And for three hours, the defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officer subject to the medieval hell for three hours. 33 seconds, not one blink. The camera switches angle right about here. Not one blink. What's going on? Is that medication? Is that, that's not normal. And uh, it's not a side effect of COVID as far as I know. Something weird is happening. Again, 
with Joe. As the swamp continues to close ranks around Joe Biden, doing anything it can to get Donald Trump, including Republicans. All right, so this is a guy named Mark Short, and he is desperately trying to do anything he can to screw up Donald Trump, both when he was president and it looks like now as an ex-president. Um, looks like he's been telling all kinds of stories and uh, he's still traumatized by what happened on January 6th. You know, after all, Big O had his feet up on the desk and that guy walked off with the podium. Uh, he says that his boss, uh, Mike Pence, that the Secret Service agents around him would have let loose on the horns guy, on all these people, if they had gotten any closer. I think that the bigger risk, and despite the way perhaps it was characterized in the hearings last week, candidly, is that if the mob had gotten closer to the vice president, I do think there would have been a massacre in the Capitol that day. I'm not so sure the Secret Service's lives were those in danger, though. Mm. I think that uh, uh, likely there would have been a lot of other lives lost that day. I don't think you should be saying that about the Secret Service that the Secret Service would have just opened fire with their machine guns on the on the horns guy and all those other characters. I don't think the Secret Service is that trigger happy, actually. I wouldn't liken the Secret Service to Lieutenant Mike Byrd, who opened fire on that unarmed U.S. Air Force veteran, Ashley Babbitt. No, I don't think they would have. You know, you want to find out, uh, Mr. Short, what happened on January 6th, what really happened? <laughs> find out who that little cop was. Why didn't the committee ask this question? Why did the committee get this little cop who was waving everybody onto Capitol Hill? Why were you doing that? How about these officers who stood on either side of the hallway as the protesters came in? Welcome to the Capitol. Yeah, no problem. Step right in. Hi, good to see you. And what about those three officers who just walked away at the moment of truth? A few seconds before Ashley Babbitt was shot, these three guys decide to take a coffee break. There they go. Do -do 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 -do. Uh, we need those questions answered. All right. And one more, actually. Let's get back to Joe Biden's eyes. Really, what is going on with him and his eyes? And Joe in general, um, the strangest president perhaps we ever had. And here's one of the problems. He's been in politics way too long. He was only an ordinary person outside of the political world for two years from the age 25 to 27. And, you know, when you're a U.S. senator at the age of 29, 30, um, for 50, you're like a big shot. Every room you are in, you're the man. To start the uh, testimony for the evening, I call Senator Biden of Delaware. Senator Biden, welcome to The Advocates. Thank you. Good to be here. Senator Biden, it's nice to have you here as the youngest member of the Senate, the one, therefore, who may expect the longest career there. I wonder if you'd say to us, <laughs> since it's clear that you're not corrupt and you got elected, why should people think that the system produces corrupt results when there you are? Well, I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt, but I'm thank you for that, though. I'm not sure you should assume I'm not corrupt. Wow. I think that's... Uh... That's pretty curious. Who does that? Anyway, Joe Biden, you can tell he's just a cocky guy. And when you're a senator, you hang around with a lot of rich people. And I think what happens is you start to think that you deserve some of this stuff that these rich people have. 
Joe frequently stays at the uh, mansion uh, owned by a billionaire in Nantucket. He also, when he was vice president, would vacation at the Hamptons, again, staying at the homes of billionaires. Joe was pretty intent on acquiring pretty impressive real estate for himself. He got that DuPont mansion and he's got another house, had another house in McLean, Virginia. That's a problem. You start as just a public servant and then you go all in for yourself, for yourself. Look at this guy. Look at him strut. He loved every moment of it and he wanted it all, wanted it all. He got it. I don't think it was worth it, though. And I think he may lose it, lose it all. Coming up, remember when Donald Trump uh, came back after he got over COVID and he's on the balcony there and he takes off the mask? Everybody lost their minds in the fake news. How could he do such a thing? Well, Joe Biden has set up shop with COVID on that very same balcony. And everybody in the fake news thinks it's just dandy. Stay with us. If you love chilling mysteries, unsolved cases, and a touch of mom-style humor, Moms and Mysteries is the podcast you've been searching for. Hey guys, I'm Mandy. And I'm Melissa. Join us every Tuesday for Moms and Mysteries, your gateway to gripping, well-researched true crime stories. Each week, we deep dive into a variety of mind-boggling cases as we shed light on everything from heists to whodunits. We're your go-to podcast for mysteries with a motherly touch. Subscribe now to Moms and Mysteries wherever you get your podcasts. This is Joe Biden last week, the day after he told everybody he had cancer, telling everybody he has COVID. And the base of operations for Joe Biden's recovery from COVID seems to be the Truman Balcony at the White House. It's a balcony. It's uh, right there. Today, he was mm, taking phone calls with the family dog. What could go wrong with the family dog? All kinds of things. Yeah, took some calls this morning with man's best friend. Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, Joe Biden writes all of his own tweets. Um, So he's on the Truman balcony. Do you remember when Trump got back from the hospital? He went up the steps and took off his mask. Watch. I actually thought this was an awesome moment. You know, look at him. It's like, I just beat COVID, damn it, and I'm back. I liked it. I liked it a lot. The fake news lost its mind. That is very much still a president who has coronavirus. Despite the lights and the flags and the staged entrance that the president wants to create, he still has coronavirus. It's unexplainable that the president of the United States, who's actively shedding virus, in, in millions of particles, would walk into that building, which with the enormous number of staff unmasked, shedding virus in the air in that building. The man who was rushed to the hospital in a helicopter just three days ago, facing COVID-19, which is a death sentence for a lot of people, uh, taking his mask off and standing and posing for pictures on the balcony of the residence. How does the fake news, how do they live with themselves, really? I mean, you can see, obviously, the double standard. It is amazing. And here's Joe Biden on that balcony, and it's a beautiful, fun moment, isn't it? Hey, I want to know, actually, who is Joe Biden talking to? Could he be talking to his 
friend, President Xi? I mean, all those miles they traveled together, all that potential business they could be doing together, right? I mean, he bragged and bragged and bragged. Um, and China, man, they're making noise right now. They're buying up real estate all over America. They want Taiwan big time. And of course, it's it's right next door. Joe Biden has shown himself to be a pushover president. Russia went into Ukraine because Joe Biden is weak, we believe. It's a problem with the presidency, actually. I think the term in office, four years, is too short. From time to time, this has been explored. Our presidents come and go. Theirs stay. And actually, since the founding of China back in the late 1940s, they've had seven leaders. We've had 14. All right. And uh, who do you think is thinking long term? Who can think more strategically than we can? They have the bandwidth. They, I don't want to I don't like their system. It's not democratic, but we could change the Constitution and make the presidential term a six year instead of a four year. That might be worth doing uh, when it comes to dealing with the Chinese. Well, the Russians were a lot easier. I heard this from Monica Crowley. Actually, Richard Nixon said the Russians, they got emotional. They got weird. They got uh, they would drink too much. And <laughs> you could actually do pretty well negotiating with the Russians, whereas the Chinese much more disciplined, focused with a long range goal in mind. And they seem to be realizing hopes and dreams that they've been harboring for decades and decades and decades Joe, compared to President Xi, sorry to say, but Joe is an absolute pushover. I'm really hoping for the best. I'm really hoping we get a professional, a professional negotiator back in there. All right. I got to go back to the January 6th commission. Folks, who remembers this one? Cassidy Hutchinson. I told you she was a great big phony, even though she sounded so serious as she was relaying all those rumors from that guy she liked in the office. Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm being president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. All right. The only authentic part of this story is her fondness for the F word, which she uses a lot in testimony in text to friends. And a lot of the communications with her friends is pro Trump anti January 6th committee. And uh, well, let's take a look at this. Some reporter was uh, writing a story about how about her testimony and what she would say. She writes she wants to say, so shut the F up and stop tweeting about me. Leave me alone. There is no story here. She has nothing to say. How about how does she feel about 45 and how does she feel about Joe Biden? 45 being the 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump. Another text to a friend. I would rather shoot myself dead into the Potomac than see Marine One flying around this city without 45 again. 45 being Donald Trump, the 45th president of the United States. Yeah, there's the 45. Uh, there's more uh, from Molly Hemingway in the story in The Federalist. Hutchinson disparaged Cheney and Illinois Representative Adam Kinzinger, the two Republicans handpicked to serve on the committee by Pelosi as a crop of losers. And she went on to say in a text, their egos are too 
effing big. What is up with Cassidy and that F word? All right. She did a lot worse than that, of course. Do me a favor. Stay with us. We're going to meet once again the worst fake news reporter on the planet. That guy. We have busted him in more lies. the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Um, we'll get to the fake news in a moment. But first, Joe Biden, that uh, thing with his eyes staying open, Getting a big, big response on uh, social media and elsewhere. Shall we take a look one more time? The average human being blinks something like 15 to 20 times an hour. Watch Joe Biden. Watch what happens as he slams President Trump. He does that all the time, but look at his eyes. The D.C. Metropolitan Police, other law enforcement agencies were attacked and assaulted before our very eyes, speared sprayed, stomped on, brutalized, and lives were lost. And for three hours, the defeated former president of the United States watched it all happen as he sat in the comfort of the private dining room next to the Oval Office. While he was doing that, brave law enforcement officer subject to the medieval hell for three hours. All right, that's 33 seconds. I mean... That's unusual, right? If you're a doctor, if I'm making too big a deal out of this, let me know. I think something is up. All right, but back to what he was saying, the substance of it. You heard him rip on President Trump. Um, he does that a lot. The fake news, though, they, they fake everything. They mess up everything. After that speech, listen to their reaction. Listen to how they characterized him going after Trump. Kristen, you cover the White House every day. You know that this was an unusual speech. It was actually hours later than we expected, put into another event and from his COVID quarantine. So talk to me about the context of what he said about Donald Trump. It was remarkable, Andrea, because you're absolutely right. It is very rare that we hear President Biden take on his predecessor directly. He does it all the time. What are they talking about? He does it all the time. I travel the world trying to put things back together. You know, Trump did not leave a very good situation. During the period of the recession that Trump got us into, we're in a situation where the loss of income to people, middle class and working class Americans is astonishing. He's not just a former president. He's a defeated former president. Unlike Trump, I don't shock her, Alice. Yeah. All right. So this is so unusual. He does it basically every single day. Fake news. But you know what? Nothing is worse than this guy, perhaps, in the fake news. Mark Leibovich and his latest phony book. Thank you for your servitude. A nasty off the top of his head attempted takedown of Trump and anybody who's ever liked him or worked for him. 
really nasty stuff. Now, we caught him red-handed in a big, big lie that anyone can see as a lie. Real quick, when President Trump won in 2016, he gave a speech, his victory speech. During it, uh, he called up uh, Reince Priebus. Now, this is how he writes about that moment. Okay, Reince Priebus. Say a few words, Reince. Priebus's eyes bulged as Trump shoved him to the microphone. All right. You want to see Priebus's eyes bulge and Trump shove somebody? Did that happen? Say a few words. No, no, come on. Say something. Ladies and gentlemen, the next president of the United States, Donald Trump. Thank you. It's been an honor. God bless. Thank God. Amazing guy. Nobody's eyes bulged. He wasn't shoved. And and then he leaves the podium. It was a beautiful moment. Take a look at what he said. <laughs> Brebus coughed out a few garbled God blesses and thank gods before fleeing the mic as if it were in flame. So uh, there are all kinds of problems with this book, in addition to what you just saw there. Who remembers um, the whole conversation about Trump's hands? Remember Marco Rubio tried to uh, try to make fun of him? And, uh, well, here's that moment. Watch. I have to say this. He hit my hands. Nobody has ever hit my hands. I've never heard of this one. Look at those hands. Are they small hands? <laughs> and he referred to my hands. If they're small, something else must be small. I guarantee you there's no problem. I guarantee you. All right. So uh, we all saw that. I saw it. I knew there was something funny about the way Leibovich quoted Trump and uh, the others. Take a look at this. Trump responded at the next debate with a robust defense of his manhood because, of course, he did. It's not a problem. Believe me, Trump said. All right. Now, again, the book says it's not a problem. Believe me. Reality is we just heard it. I guarantee you there's no problem. I guarantee. You know, this is a small thing, perhaps. But if you get the small things wrong, you'll get the big things wrong. If you get the big things wrong, you get the small things wrong. How about when Trump called Romney a penguin? <laughs> he kind of did. It was great. Once a choker, always a choker. And I was nasty about it. So now as retribution, Donald Trump shouldn't run, blah, blah, blah. And he walks like a penguin onto the stage. You ever seen like a penguin? All right. Am I nitpicking here? Maybe. But I think it's important. We all saw that speech. Trump at a rally in Anaheim observed that Mitt Romney walks like a penguin. Uh, why are you making up quotes? Why don't you go back to the record and get it right? Because your book is wrong. Just a little bit. But it is. Book. Romney walks like a penguin. He walks like a penguin to the stage. You ever see like a penguin? He. Sorry if uh, Mitt Romney walks like a penguin is somehow more efficient for you. But it's wrong. Now, also this, I'm not going to quibble with the words he chooses, but the whole idea is offensive. You know about the Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C., uh, the old post office building. They did wonders with that place. Uh, this nasty Leibovich uh, shows up and hangs around in the lobby, and he says he sees uh, Trump's adult children strutting around as if they owned the place. That's kind of uh, interesting. Adult. Why is that in quotes? And by the way, they kind of do own the place. I mean, it's just a, you know, but I'll say this. I've been around these guys and they're they're the nicest people in the world. And they're in the hospitality business. They don't make anybody else feel small. And he wrote this. 
Very strange. At close range, about the kids, uh, Don and Eric, they flashed scared and darting Trump eyes as if bracing for a light fixture to fall. You could tell the boys really wanted to be recognized, especially by dad. Darting eyes. I mean, all right, let me see Don and Eric, if you don't mind. Uh, How can you tell what these guys want? How can any they really want everybody, I guess, wants to be recognized, certainly by their. How could he tell? How could this Leibovich tell? Is he some sort of mind reader? No, he's just a nasty gossip like all of them down there. All right. I got one more thing to point out about this book, and then I am throwing it in the trash. So at one point, a couple of points, he meets Trump. And according to Leibovich, uh, he's got all kinds of questions, and he's asking uh, them to him. Let's put them up on the screen. He had many questions, all general, on the same theme. Why was everyone betraying and disappointing him? This is when he's president, in the early days. Why were they not building the wall, as he promised, or killing Obamacare, or locking Hillary up, the way they were all chanting for him to do? Or locking Hillary up. That one leaped out, leapt out at me. Or locking Hillary up. Why? Because I remember shortly after President Trump uh, was elected, he said publicly he's not going after the Clintons. He did during the campaign, but he said this. You called a crooked Hillary, said you wanted to get in jail. Your people in your audiences kept saying, lock him up. Yeah. She did did some bad things. I mean, she did some bad things. I know, but a special prosecutor? I don't want to hurt them. I don't want to hurt them. They're they're good people. I don't want to hurt them. He's a nice guy. He's not as ruthless as you might think. Maybe that was a big mistake, huh? Because look at what they're trying to do to him. Hurt him, destroy him. But like you said earlier, I don't think they're going to succeed. Do you? Stay with us. Why are so many police quitting the job? It's kind of obvious, especially in one town in North Carolina The police chief, all the officers uh, have had it with that person on the right, the new city manager. We'll be right back. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere. Hey, notice a trend? (laughs) New York City, as in cities all across America, crime is out of control. Numbers say it, but how about the pictures? Take a look at this. Uh, Officers struggling with the guy. Well, not struggling. At one point, they're getting beat up by this individual who tried to uh, jump the turnstile, get into the subway for free, but he's not having it. Look at these cops. Man, oh, man, oh, man. This is a tough job. And that guy who's now got the cop in a chokehold, is already out of jail. like to bring in the former New York City police commissioner uh, and Newsmax contributor, Bernie Carrick. Welcome back, Commissioner. How's it going? Good, Greg. Thank you. Uh, that guy's already out of jail. I must say, even with the bail reform, even though I know we've got crazy Democrat policies, I'm still surprised to see that and know the guy is already out. I mean, this is uh, pretty insane, Commissioner. Well, look, Greg, this is an aggravated assault. Uh, it's resisting arrest, um, two counts at a minimum. Um, and to think that this guy would be released 
back into the public uh, by the district attorney um, in New York is completely absurd. Um, but this is what happens when you have, you know, laws on the books, um, programs on the books like bail reform that uh, emboldens these guys to do what they're doing. Uh, you know, they're not, they know they're not going to be held accountable. In this case, uh, this kid was really, um, you know, giving the cops a hard time. Um, and also the cops, keep in mind, Greg, the cops are restrained um, from using the force necessary. They couldn't put him in a chokehold. They couldn't put him in a headlock. They couldn't put him in a restraining hold because they would be prosecuted by New York City prosecutors. So you have to stand there and take this beat down. This is completely insane. You know, that you remind me that actually the district attorney publicly said that resisting arrest, if it's a nonviolent crime, like jumping a turnstile, will not be prosecuted. So these guys have nothing to lose potentially by resisting arrest. It's not even prosecutable, which is insane. I would like to now show you, if you don't mind, Commissioner, uh, the situation in Kenley, North Carolina. North Carolina's entire police force quits in protest over progressive town manager. Um, details are, uh, there aren't too many, but five officers just walked off the job. They've had it, and the word is the city manager is imposing this woke agenda, and the cops have had it. That is happening in police departments, small, medium, and even large, correct? All over the country. All over the country. Chicago, Atlanta, Portland, Seattle, Baltimore, you name it. It's happening all over the country where you have Democrats uh, overseeing those cities. And I want to go back to the resisting arrest, Greg. Um, the prosecutors in New York City say they're not going to charge for resisting arrest, um, especially uh, in a situation like this where somebody's jumping over the turnstile. Nobody knows better than I do. Your father, um, as, uh, as a police commissioner in New York City, 50 percent of the people that we locked up in the late 90s and through the 2000s, 50 percent of the people that jumped turnstiles in New York City were wanted on felonies. Um, this isn't a, a, uh, a nonsense crime. This isn't uh, an arrest that could be an ex excuse. This is something that's extremely dangerous. And the prosecutors are allowing it to happen, not only allowing it, but they're emboldening these thugs to go out and do this. Uh, you know, it's interesting. This whole you know, 2020 Black Lives Matter, uh, the war against systemic racism. And I think so many lies were told about the history of this country and the history of police and police themselves. Take a look at that beatdown video, that guy resisting arrest one more time. And you may notice that the police officers, there's a man and a, and a female police officer. They're both people of color. So many lies. There's another one to the left have been told about the police. It's far more diverse than so many people realize, uh, especially the Black Lives Matter crew and the woke left. They have a stereotype in their head about who cops are and where they come from. And they don't get it, do they? No, they don't get it, and they don't give a damn about that black cop. 
and the black female cop and the other black and Latino cops that are out there putting their lives on the line on a daily basis. This should have never happened. This only happened because of Black Lives Matter and Antifa, Mayor de Blasio, Mayor Adams, who has yet to do anything, really anything, to aggressively attack the, the surge in, uh, in violent crime, the shootings, murder in New York City. It's got to stop, and it's not going to stop until they get the right leadership in City Hall in New York City and other, uh, other executive positions like that around the country. I think uh, Joe Biden certainly facilitated this uh, ridiculously dishonest uh, conversation about race in America and criminal justice. Donald Trump, however, made an observation today that uh, few have, actually, uh, connecting all the dots. What do these cities have in common? Go ahead. I don't want to make this partisan, but every city, every single city is run by Democrats. Every single city where it's in trouble, like the kind of trouble we're talking, it's run by Democrats and the crazy policies that they put forth. And they can't believe them. And certainly after all of this time with the bad results, you would say, gee, it's time to make a change. But I really believe even a majority of the Democrats would say, because they don't want to be brutalized, a majority of Democrat voters would say exactly what I'm saying is right. President Trump uh, nailing it once again. By the way, a good friend of Newsmax and you, Bernie Carrick. Uh, glad to see that. And uh, I know uh, you were good to him and he's been very good to you. Commissioner, great to see you again. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. All right. To be continued, we'll be right back. Hey, the guy in the glasses with the hat, he's one of our favorites, Brandon Strzok. Uh, he realized the media was lying about Donald Trump, uh, and it was a wake-up call for him several years ago. He was sick of being lied to, and he founded the Walk Away campaign, as in Walk Away from the Democrat Party. So he was there on January 6th, but he didn't break anything, he didn't hurt anyone, and he did not go inside the Capitol. However, he had to, uh, well, he made an, an agreement with the government, and he recently completed three months of home detention. Brandon Strzok joins us once again. Brandon, welcome back. How you doing? I'm doing all right, Craig. How are you? Uh, I'm terrific, and uh, I'm glad you're free again. But, Brandon, uh, I'd like to know why the hell would Alexandra Pelosi be bothering you? <laughs> Alexandra Pelosi is a filmmaker. She's done a couple of documentaries, and I think we have a picture of her with Nancy. Tell us a little bit about why somebody like this would be reaching out to you, and how did she reach out to you? Well, it would have been sometime in the middle, I'd say, of last year, 2021. I received an email uh, from someone named Alexandra telling me that she was a documentarian who worked for HBO and that she was making a documentary about January 6th. As she explained it to me, she was very interested in telling the real story and the truth of January 6th, as she put it, would, uh, was far more interesting than the way that the media portrayed it. Uh, I decided to do a little digging and a little research, and what I discovered is that Alexandra's last name is Pelosi. I thought to myself... What an unfortunate coincidence that this person would have the same last name as our Speaker of the House. 
until I realized that it is actually not a coincidence whatsoever, but she is the daughter of our Speaker of the House. So Nancy Pelosi's daughter is making a, an unbiased, completely uh, objective, truthful documentary about what really happened on January 6th. Now, of course, I'm sure she is. And uh, hey, we have a portion of that email. This is Alexandra Pelosi. She writes that I've been traveling the country talking to the people who participated in the events of January 6th. And uh, would you like the opportunity to share your story? Oh, famous last words from a journalist or a filmmaker or Nancy Pelosi's daughter. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, what did you how did you respond? What, what was your reaction? Well, she literally did write to me initially and say that she wanted to. She said that the, the true story of January 6th is much more interesting than what the media is portraying. And so I wrote her back and I said, well, if that's how you feel, why don't you write me a synopsis of what you think the truth is about January 6th? And she avoided that question at, through several exchanges back and forth, but I continue to press the issue. And then eventually she finally wrote me back and she wrote a long paragraph basically describing uh, people going inside the Capitol and defecating and urinating and all of these things, which I've never I personally have never seen corroborated in any other story or any other version of events happening on January 6th. But that's what she seems to believe. But she did say one other thing that I thought was really curious. Uh, she said one of the reasons why she's interested in talking to me is because she said I seem to be one of the only people who is proud of what I did. And uh, that really put me in a precarious position because I hadn't yet gotten to sentencing in my case. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, as you just said, I didn't go inside the building. I was on the east side Capitol steps for eight minutes. And the federal government charged me with two felony charges and threatened to charge me with a third felony. So I made the decision to plead guilty to one single misdemeanor charge of disorderly conduct. Uh, but I didn't. She put me in a really odd position because I wanted to get back to her and say uh, that I strongly disagree with the majority, if not all of what I've been accused of doing. Uh, but the, before sentencing was not the time to do it. But certainly I've never expressed that I was proud of anything about January 6th. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty crafty and very interesting. Well handled, by the way. So what do you think happened? By the way, when it comes to the Pelosi's, they they have some explaining to do regarding January 6th themselves. So this individual, let's go ahead and put up that picture from January 6th. This is, no kidding, the son-in-law of Nancy Pelosi posing with the horns guy at the Capitol. Uh, this is just an interesting moment. Like you, he's not inside the Capitol. Uh, they were hunting down people who were just seen in the vicinity. His name is uh, Michael Voss. And uh, what was he doing there? They say he was a Dutch American photojournalist. I know a lot of people who were there as journalists who got arrested. What do you make of that? Uh, well, I'm, I'm very interested in uh, knowing more. I, I'd be interested in knowing the conversations that took place between the two of them, too. I, you know, as we know, there were a lot of people mixed in with the crowd who were encouraging people to go inside. Uh, there were people encouraging people to do various things once they got inside. So that, that's a really interesting picture. But uh, back to the, the, the question a moment ago about the truth about January 6th and, uh, and Alexandra Pelosi's expose on this story. Maybe she can get to the bottom of the question, why didn't Nancy Pelosi approve National Guard troops to pr protect the Capitol when that was offered to her? Maybe we can find out the answer to that question. Maybe we can finally find out when the 14,000 hours of footage will be released to the public that's being held onto by the DOJ. 
I would like to know the question, who opened the Columbus doors on the east side of the building, which are magnetically locked and can only be opened from the inside? Maybe Alexandra Pelosi knows the answers to these questions. <laughs> I think the public would love to know. I would. That would be a hell of a movie. I don't think she's going to make that movie. Maybe you, you will, Brandon. Maybe you will. Or maybe somebody will. Or maybe we will. Those are such important questions that need to be answered. Brandon Strzok, going strong. We appreciate it. Everybody go to the walkawaycampaign.com. Walkawaycampaign.com. We appreciate it, sir. Thanks again. Thanks, Greg. All right. Be right back. The D.C. Metropolitan Police, other law enforcement agencies. Were <laughs> All right. So why isn't he blinking? All kinds eyes. of theories out Spear, there. They say spray, uh, when you're staring at a computer lost. screen, Lies you may lost. be blinking some 50 uh, percent less. Still, no blinking at all in 34 seconds. That's weird. Uh, internal factors, ooh, medications, stress, fatigue may reduce blinking uh, frequency. Interesting. Very interesting. All right. Who knows? I'm sure he's, well, no, I'm not sure he's fine. Not sure at all. Uh, get well soon, though. Folks, hope you enjoyed the show. Spread the word. We'll see you tomorrow night, and many, many thanks.